Take your Bibles, if you would, turn with me to the wonderful book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, and verse 18. I've got to tell you, I'm so excited, so blessed by our church, your faithfulness to give. Not only do we give around the world, uh, but we give here in our city. And uh, how many of you know it makes a difference? I loved watching that. Ron and Kathy, I imagine where your box is, that you've helped lead us to go around the world. It's exciting to see what God's doing. Thank you for your faithfulness. How many of you believe this is going to be the best year yet for Operation Christmas Child? So I want to speak something a little early. I'm going to speak it at the beginning of, November, at the beginning of October, and instead of around Thanksgiving time in November, uh, I believe that as we're entering into these seasons, it's important that we understand what it is to be thankful. Turn to someone and say, you know, I like you. Go ahead. Tell them that. Go ahead right now. Let them know that you're thankful for them. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and it says this, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, Lord, we thank you this morning for everything. God, we're expecting great things out of Operation Christmas Child. Thank you for every soul that will be saved, every child and family that will be reached. God, keep those workers safe as they go into those places that, God, they would have your favor, and that those that would actually rise up to hurt or to steal would be saved. Now, Lord, may we decrease this morning, and may you increase in Jesus' name. Amen. I ran across a saying from Fred Rogers. How many of you grew up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? He said, I believe that appreciation is a holy thing, that when we look for what's best in a person that we happen to be with at that moment, we are doing what God does all the time. So in loving and appreciating our neighbor, we are participating in a sacred act. I believe that. Someone said once that in any given situation, you can choose to whine or you can choose to worship. That got me thinking. And while we're not going to be thankful for everything that we deal with, in everything we can find a reason to praise God and to learn to appreciate what he is doing in that season. And nobody really appreciates the same things in the same way. Art's a prime example. How many of you love art? I love paintings of history. I love paintings that are of a scenic lake or a place in nature, somewhere when you're looking at it that you can just climb into that picture in your imagination and wind up right in that spot for a while. How many of you have ever done that? I remember a few pictures my grandmother used to have in her home, and I was a hyperactive little kid. But she had, I know you don't believe that. But I remember there'd be places I'd just sit in the living room, and there was this lake and a boat, some trees on the other. Man, I would just sit there with such peace and enjoy it. Now, I do not appreciate most modern art or neo-impressionist paintings. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure what neo-impressionist is or if I made it up. I just remember hearing it somewhere. But there are things that we can all appreciate. 
the love of a spouse yeah. or our children, the faithfulness of a good dog, the beauty of a mighty mountain range, the power of thunder and lightning in a storm, the gentle lapping of the ocean right on our own South Florida shores, the way a ripe tomato sits majestically on top of the perfect hamburger. How many of you know that's beautiful? James Gill says that the cause of many of life's failures is that we as human beings lack exceeding gratitude for our Creator because we take His divine gift of life for granted. We live in discontent and misery, complaining about what we don't have and failing to express genuine appreciation for what we do have. Appreciation is simply grasping the worth and the value of something or of someone and to esteem them and recognize them properly. For some people, appreciation comes naturally. Some people are just good at noticing everything good that goes. How many of you have ever run across people like that in their life? Cammie's one of those people. You get around Cammie. Cammie just seems to notice the good about everything and in everybody. It's remarkable. You just see it all the time. That's a gift of the Lord. That's a blessing of God. But the truth is that a life of appreciation really must be developed and must be learned. And there are many things that I have learned to appreciate One is what it takes for a family to help a mentally ill family member. I've also learned to appreciate those who take care of an older parent who can no longer care for themselves. When my son-in-law, Billy, took up welding, I didn't understand a thing. I just figured you grabbed a welder and started melting metal together. And I learned the difference between a sloppy weld and a really strong weld that's appealing to look at. If you look at a bridge, you can just drive over them or you can see the detail and the thought given to both the beauty of the bridge and the functionality of the bridge and how they distributed the weight so that it's able to stand up to both the heights and the weights that are going over the bridge. Many of us are going to learn to appreciate bridges as they build the new one on US-1 in the coming year, and US-1 is shut down for the next year and a half. How many of you know you will learn to appreciate that bridge? Amen. I promise you. But the truth is we need one. Paul said, I have learned to be content in any situation. I know how to abound, and I know how to do lack. And appreciation is really the same thing. You learn, you learn to discipline yourself to see the beauty in whatever situation you're in, in the relationships you're in, in the places that you work, and the things that God has called you to. You see, it is in our human sinful nature that oftentimes we like to dismiss things that we do not immediately see or fully understand the beauty of. It's easy to see what's wrong with something or what's wrong with somebody. It's easy to notice the imperfections and mistakes or a sound that is not just perfect. Some things you have to study, to look at, 
and to really take time to see what's going on to appreciate it. One of the things that I believe helps us to fully become people that learn to be thankful and that notice and appreciate detail is when we learn to recognize beauty from God's creation. Romans 1.20 through 21 says, For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made, so that they who fail to believe and trust in him are without excuse and without defense. For even though they knew God as the creator, they did not honor him as God or give thanks for his wondrous creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking, godless, with pointless reasonings and silly speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Everything that God has made points us straight to him. God's mighty works show his power, his creativity, his majesty, his wisdom, and his glory. God's creation will drive us to honor him as God and to praise him and thank him for his breathtaking creation. Who has not, on a wonderful stormy Florida afternoon, when the lightning is flashing and the thunder shakes your house, hasn't ever just stood out there and go, what a mighty God we serve. Psalms 8, 3 through 5 says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and with honor. David said, When I consider, when I contemplate, when I think about and observe your creation, I realize how big God is and how small I really am. I see the detail that God has put into everything from the moon and the stars to a tiny little tree frog. And I have to ask myself, why does God even pay attention to me? What is man that you even think about us. We've been getting our windows replaced on our house. We're moving from old windows that are cracked to hurricane windows. What's funny is because of that, we've kept a lot of our shutters down, and it has become a wonderful collection for tree frogs. (laughs) My wife won't go near those windows. Each of them probably had seven or eight that were crawling out from underneath. And I was just watching as they were putting the windows in, getting ready to take the old ones out. They were just kind of scurrying them around. And the tree frog would just move a little bit, just move a little bit. He really wasn't interested in getting out from underneath there, and he wasn't concerned that he was being touched, just a little bit. I was waiting to see happen to the guy that was doing our window what's happened to me. How many of you have ever had the joy of a tree frog landing on your face? Hallelujah. That's just glorious. 
They're a little cold and slimy, but I've picked them up. And I've got to tell you, I've held them in my hands, and they've just stretched up and crawled up the arm. And I've got to tell you, they really are kind of beautiful. They're amazing to look at, the detail that God put into it. Man's natural response is to overlook things or dismiss things that they don't find interesting. But something happens when you stop for a while, take time to focus and consider and observe all that God has made. And once you learn to appreciate all that God has made, you begin to appreciate God himself. And he reveals himself to you. And once you become aware of God's beauty and genius in creation, it gets you to wonder what it is about people that has the attention of God. Do you know that God loves people? Can I ask you, do you love people? You see, when you begin to see people as part of God's creation, you begin to see the beauty and creativity in people, and you begin to understand why God gave his son for us. It's easy to take people for granted, to see the negative side of them, to see the flaws and imperfections, but God desires for us to learn to truly appreciate people for who they are. Remember this, Jesus died so that we can be free from the curse of sin and death. But he made each person unique. He didn't come to change who he created us to be, but to redeem us so that we can become exactly who we are designed to be. And when you look at people, do you see them through the eyes of their imperfection? but through the eyes of Jesus. A few years back, they were restoring the ceiling on the Sistine Chapel. One day, I'd love to get to Italy and go through there and look. But the great art that was painted by Michelangelo over years of pollution, sun and dust, smoke and tourists, had dulled and actually faded the beauty of that majestic piece. And those who were tasked with going in and and stripping away the dirt and stripping away the grime that had built up over the centuries began to see underneath all the years of wear and tear the original beauty and detail that he put into that. As they were cleaning it up, they had to do what Michelangelo did, and that was lay on their backs on scaffolding. And they began to appreciate how difficult it must have been for him to paint that. How many of you have ever just held your arms out in front of you for a little while? Imagine turning around on scaffolding, and not like our kind of scaffolding, but on that kind of scaffolding back in those centuries with no OSHA guidelines or rules. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And turning around to find your paint and then go up and detailed on your back for years. Today, people can enjoy and see the details of things that had once been hidden. And it is when Jesus strips away all the damage and wear that sin has done that his original design can be seen in people. The way that 
the restorers were able to reveal the things in the Sistine Chapel, God desires for us to see beyond the layers and appreciate by faith and be able to see in people what he sees and knows of to be great worth. I pray that we begin to look at people again and just love them. Mark this down if you're taking notes. Appreciation is not just a thoughtful feeling of gratefulness. To be activated, appreciation must be expressed. Do you know that it takes very little to let people know and to let God know that you appreciate the things that they have done? I want to remind you that everybody needs a pat on the back. Everyone needs recognition of a job well done. And many times we are so focused on the things that people are not doing that we fail to truly acknowledge and appreciate them for the things that they are doing. Appreciation keeps us from caving into the constant negativity that is a part of the culture and the world around us. I want to tell you that if we're not careful, we'll begin to think like that and act like that, and that becomes the dominating way and default way of thinking. Husbands, take a moment to really see what your wife does and let her know that you see and that you love her for it. Wife, look at all that your husband is doing right and let him know that he, what he does does not go unnoticed and that it means the world to you. The truth is today everybody is criticizing everyone for everything. We have become a society of critics instead of a people of encouragement. I remember a while back talking to a newly married husband and wife and she was learning to cook. And she had worked really hard to make the perfect roast dinner. Both of their mothers were great cooks and she was having a hard time finding her inner Betty Crocker. It was not there. And when she pulled the roast out of the oven, it was clearly burnt. And the wife was close to tears, and her husband, wanting to make sure not to hurt her feelings after he took a bite, knew that the roast was as terrible as it looked. And she looked at him and said, what do you think? And he said, you know, it really has the most exquisite char I have ever tasted. (laughs) And she broke into tears and they both started to laugh, and then they ordered some Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) To this day, they still eat out a lot, but every time she gets in the kitchen, they're reminded of how much they love each other and how much it was better to care for one another than it was to worry about a burnt roast. I remember one time I was working with someone that I was training, and I mean, they messed up everything that they touched everything. Their heart was good, but if they were not tripping over their own feet, they were tripping over mine. And what I wanted to do was fire them. And then the Lord said, what they're lacking in confidence and in skill, they make up for in heart. And the Lord said to me, you can always work with someone with heart. You can help them to find their footing. They're teachable. They're trainable. 
And if you will take the time to invest in them and build them up, as long as they are not a danger to themselves and to others, learn to appreciate what they do have and develop what they need. How many of you know we need to learn to be patient with one another? Appreciation is having admiration for others and communicating your approval to them. It is taking the time to make people feel welcome and special by using the fruit of God's work and you, and then to encourage others and lift them up. It is a form of valuing them. And it takes the focus off you and places it on God's purpose and direction. You see, appreciation is fueled from our heartfelt thanks to God for what we have, for what he has done. And it is a lifestyle of worship and adoration. And this allows us to give and to value others and to respect them and honor them right where they are and to what they're going to be. Romans 12.10 says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 13, 7 says, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. When someone does something well, honor them for it. They deserve recognition for a job well done and for their thoughtfulness, for their kindness, and their hard work and sacrifice. When I was studying for ministry school, we were living in Arizona, and my wife and I were short on cash. We were short on cash. And the leader of our ministry school came out, and he said, listen, could you help straighten out the rocks in our yard? And I said, rocks in the yard? It's Arizona. I know how to rake leaves. Sure, I can rake some rocks. And so I walked out in the yard, and he handed me a thick gardening rake. And man, I got to work out there. I got to rake in the rocks. I was out there for five or six hours. He had promised me 100 bucks. And when he came out, he looked at me, and he looked at his yard. And he said, he put his arms around me, and he said, Marvin, I love you. I could tell you've been working your heart out. But you have no idea to how to rake rocks in Arizona. I could tell all you know how to do is rake leaves. I said, that's because I'm from Pittsburgh, not from Phoenix. He said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you $100 anyway, because boy, you put, a, you put a lot of effort into it. But let me tell you, next time, let me know. I said, yes, sir. I thought he was so gracious. He acknowledged my hard work, and he still helped me out of a bind. He still gave me some money. I remember I came back a few days later and I said, listen, now let me help you a little bit. And we went into that yard and he brought someone who knew what they were doing. It didn't take us seven or eight hours. It just took us about two or three. And it looked a whole lot better. Listen, in a world that loves to recognize when people mess up, let's catch people doing good and let them know it. In our family, even when someone messes up, if they do a spectacular job at it, we sing their praises. I mean, if you're going to do it, 
Do it really good. Come on. Listen, there were times my kids would do something and they broke something. And I looked at them and I would tell them. I wanted to be mad, but I'd go, you know what? You broke that really good. I mean, I can't even put it back together ever again. That was a great job. I mean, if you're going to do something, do it well. Now we got to buy a new one. And they said, yeah, Dad, we get to get a new one. And under my breath, I'm going, yeah, we didn't need a new one until you got a hold of it. How many of you know? But listen. Learn to praise them, and they'll learn. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it's due. But when it's in the power of your hand, do so. Some people take pride in being stingy with their praise and with their recognition. But it costs nothing to speak words of kindness and appreciation. Be generous with your thanks. The world needs a lot more of that. If you're taking notes, put it down. Being appreciative for what you have is the key to living a joyful life. Be thankful for what you've got. It is remarkable how many people live a life of discontentment. If you're always unhappy with what you have right now, I promise you, you will still be discontent when you get what you thought you wanted and what you thought you needed. How many people do we know have finally reached the pinnacle of what they wanted to achieve and came to the mountaintop of success and attainment and they were disappointed with the view once they got there? How many of you have heard people say when they finally got what they thought they wanted and they say it out loud to others, this is it? I thought it would be different. I thought it would be better than this. I want to tell you, those who learn to appreciate the highs and lows of life are those who took the time to enjoy and appreciate the journey it took to get there. The purpose wasn't just in the destination. The purpose is also in the entire journey. And appreciation changes our view of life from attainment to contentment. All of us have to learn that. This week, my wife has been cleaning out our kitchen along with windows. We're redoing the kitchen. We were going to try to downsize and go to a smaller house now that the kids are out. And then we realized we're having grandkids and we had so much stuff. We might as well just invest in what we have. But I got to tell you, I've been freaking out a little bit because they're going to tear apart my kitchen and I'm not going to have a kitchen. I'm Italian. I don't know what to do with a kitchen. So it's going to be a good two weeks without a kitchen. Now we've got a kitchen here. I know I can go to your house, but I've seen your kitchen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Billy's laughing. We've got a church kitchen we could use. We, listen, we've got sinks in the bathroom. We've got sinks in the laundry room. We've got plenty of places to get water and plenty of places to cook food. And I'm so thankful that we get to redo something that we've always wanted. But for a little while, I was looking at the things I was going to be missing for only two weeks. My wife looked at me and she said, you can deal with this for two weeks. It's not like we're poor or broke. You've wanted to do this. We've wanted to do this. God's blessed us with the opportunity to do it. Stop whining about two weeks and enjoy the journey. Every bit along the way. Now listen, how many of you know that's a good sermon for my wife? Babe, you should come on down here. I just want you to pick up from where I left off. And <laughs> Glory to God. 
But she's right. How many of you will help me learn, pray that I learn a lesson during these next two weeks? Hallelujah. But sometimes we have to learn that it's okay to be content where you are. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what, actually, while I was sitting here watching the video of Operation Christmas Child and watching how many people live, the Lord just looked at me and he said before he got up to preach, and you are thinking about having a difficult time with two weeks without a kitchen. Yeah, ouch. It's one of the Christian life's hardest lessons to learn, but it's one of the most important. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But listen, in America, if we need the strength of God to get through a remodeled kitchen, there's something wrong with us. Paul says, I have learned that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The New Living Translation says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live with almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Paul said, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, and it is living contented and appreciating everything that God has given us. It is always looking for the good. When you can't take it to God in prayer and refuse to stress about it, complain about it, Paul says, he lays it out in a verse just before it, Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Tell someone you need to learn to rejoice. Listen, Paul said it twice because he knows we need to hear it twice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let me say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your gracious, unselfish mercy, your tolerance and patience be known to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests made known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Practice these things in daily life, and the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Isn't that good? 
Now mark this down. When it comes to appreciation, make sure not to leave God out of it. Psalms 107, 1 and 2 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is... Oh, say that with me. For he is... For his mercy endures for the ever. Now watch this. Let the redeemed of the Lord... Hmm, that's good. Psalms 92, 1 and 2 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for what God's done for me. When we were growing up, one of the songs that we used to sing in church was, It's a Good Thing to Give Thanks unto the Lord. Do you remember that song? It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. I started out too low. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises. Do you remember that? Unto thy name, O Most High. Little songs that we used to get into our hearts, they seem silly now, don't they? But don't they seem powerful? It's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing his praises. And I noticed a while back that I would pray for things at the beginning of the day, but I didn't thank God at the end of the day when I saw that he had answered abundantly for everything that I had asked for. You know when I discovered it? When I went to pray the next morning. And then I read this in Psalms 92. I'll declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. I was like the husband whose wife worked all day to make the perfect dinner, came home and ate it, but never let her know that not only was it good, but I was grateful for all the work that went into it. I was like that. I didn't thank God for everything that he blessed me with. And he reminded me it's a good thing to thank him. When I was raising my kids, there were things that happened in our life, and I would sit them down at dinner And I would say, I don't think you appreciate the gravity of all that went on or the magnitude of our situation, and so I'd let them know about it. And then we would pray, and we would watch God do amazing things for us. And after God would do those things, we would begin to thank him for it together. I realize how God has brought us through some amazing things and what it took to actually do it. I want to tell you I have been at times in the middle of a Smoky Mountains on vacation and I would remember as we were sitting down to dinner or renting a cabin days when I couldn't even afford to buy McDonald's for my children and here we are on a week's long vacation in the middle of the mountains eating out almost every night. I would see my wife and kids playing games that we had rented and I would go out on those porches and I would just thank God for his faithfulness of where he brought us from. How many of you have seen God bring you from some pretty cool places? Each Sunday I spend time in prayer over what God will do in our services. We spend our months at the beginning praying for what God will do through the life of this church. We pray at the beginning of Operation Christmas Child. At the end of Operation Christmas Child, Kathy is a teary mess of thanks over what God has done. 
You see, when you start something, one of the great ways to finish it is to thank him. I've made a habit on the way when we go to lunch each week, and Don usually takes her car and I take mine. How many of you know it's usually safer to have your wife drive separately? One of the habits that I've done is turn off the radio and I just begin to thank God for what he does. How many of you enjoyed worship this morning? I got to tell you, it was a good time of worship, wasn't it? But can I tell you, rehearsal this morning was a mess. If you had been here, it was a disaster. But we stopped and prayed before the service. Boy, has God been gracious. Aren't you thankful for a worship team that just presses through? Can I tell you, I'm thankful. Go ahead and give them a hand. They have been a blessing. But see, life is, why do I tell you stories like that? Because sometimes when you look at everybody's life, you think everything goes just smoothly. How many of you have found your life isn't that smooth? In the beginning of things, listen, and it helps you to understand at the beginning of things when you begin to commit it to the Lord in prayer, you appreciate everything he's done along the way. I love to watch people and to see what God does in their life. I love to see those that have come out of a life of such struggle and they commit their life to the Lord and the progress that God makes. Oh, I've been in churches, I'm thankful for this church, because I've been in churches where they think that once someone gives their life to the Lord on Sunday, they should be completely different on Monday. How many of you know God's just doing a work? And we just let people be who they are, and we love them and enjoy the journey. Every one of us can see where we were and the hard work it took as we walked with God and trusted God and sought the face of God. And we went through our own temptations and our own battles and the way that God brought victory in the midst of them. Listen, if you will start each day and end each day taking time to recognize the goodness of God, I promise you that the middle part of your day will always go much better. Even if it's a bad day, you get to choose to end it on a good note. And consistent appreciation always helps you to acknowledge the goodness of God. And when you do this night and day, it ensures that you don't have a short memory. How many of you know we have a short memory? Short memories will be a hindrance to your marriage. Short m memories will cause you to be frustrated with your children. Short memories will cause you to forget how faithful God has been over the long haul. And every time the, the devil tries to tell you that God isn't good, you can always go to the day before and remind him of what you thanked God for, about what went right. Listen, even if everything else went wrong, but you still had something to eat, how many of you know you have something to give God for? Even if everything else went wrong, but you still had gas in the tank, and you were able to get from point A to point B, God is still faithful. Listen, and if you take the time to appreciate that, 
Can I tell you, America has become one of the most unappreciative people in all the world. We are blessed. And the truth is, if things continue to go as they go, you're going to learn to appreciate again the small things. Remember when you used to be a kid and you can go into a candy store and buy a piece of candy for a penny? And you thought it was the greatest thing in all the world. And all of a sudden you grew up and you could pay a dollar for the other thing and you started thinking that little piece of penny candy wasn't any good. How many of you would like to go back to penny candy? How many of you know the Lord is faithful? Would you stand with me this morning? Would you just take a minute? We're about to step into an amazing season. We're stepping into fall, then of course into Thanksgiving and Christmas. But I'll tell you one of the things that I've learned, one of the things the enemy hits us with during these seasons is discontentment. Some years you got everything you need to spend on presents. Sometimes you don't. So what? Sometimes we begin to compare ourselves with everyone else is doing. And you forget where God has taken you from. And to be thankful. Sometimes it's easy to look at your husband or wife and notice the little things that they didn't do and they've always done. But if you'll notice them, boy, does it make life sweet. I walked in last night. I didn't have to do a thing for Operation Christmas Child. And I walked in here real quick just to make sure things were ready for today. The foyer looked amazing. I thought, my goodness, we look like a church that's got it all together. Ron and Kathy, they did all that. I didn't do a thing. I'm so thankful for you. Cami operate the, the walk for life. So many people that do things. Just notice them. If you go out to eat this afternoon, I dare you to notice everything good that your waiter or waitress does. Instead, everything they don't do. Sometimes that's frustrating for me because I'd like my food to come a little faster than 10 minutes. But they're still doing good. Father, this morning we thank you for your love for us. Lord, we want to just take a minute this morning to cultivate appreciation. Paul said, I learned it. I learned that I can do it. And so can we. For just a minute, would you just think about all the things that are going right in your life right now and thank God for it? So many good things. Lord, we appreciate you today. Lord, we thank you for our families. Lord, we thank you for our health. Lord, we thank you for the fact that we live in the most prosperous nation in all the world, and we've benefited from it. We thank you, Lord, how you've met every need how you've healed our hurts, how you've calmed our fears, how in the midst of the storm you've showed us that you are God. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to become aware of details. Some people say I'm a big picture person, but I pray that they look at the finer details in the picture.
Help us to look at your creation. Lord, even to see things that people do or have made. Lord, we used to praise our kids when they were three and they made these things and they weren't that good. But they put effort into it. Because we blessed them, they grew up to do better. So, Father, I pray we'd see people that way, pour into each other, love one another. Lord, that during this coming season that we're entering into as believers, where there is so much ungratefulness around us, that, Father, instead of being frustrated with little things, that we would be so grateful for everything. Change our hearts. Help us to see. And in all of this, may you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, I pray that you just, on your way out, I dare you to say something nice to at least three people. Notice something good about them. Tell them they look good. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. God bless you all.